We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, yeah I, I was scared to mention him uh, for fear of being kicked off your podcast. <laughs> this is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast with your host, Andrew Laird. Welcome, everyone, to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. This is not Mike Gottlieb, this is Andrew Laird. We're switching things up a little bit. We're jumping into Major League Soccer. And to do that, we have our two MLS experts, J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath, on the line. And we're just going to jump right in. Um, J.D., I'm going to start with you. And we talk about, you know, roster construction is obviously very important in, in any game. And I kind of am curious how you go about it when you start out. Do you find kind of the high-priced players that you like and you say, I'm going to get, you know, Giovinco in there and then I'll build my roster around it or do you kind of scroll to the bottom and see what value plays you can play 
and then fit fit the other guys in. Yeah. So hi guys. Um, I think I think the answer for me is you find you find one big forward that you want to spend on. Uh, you find probably one other big player, whether it's a forward or a midfielder. Um, I like to lock two expensive guys in, and then I like to find the value so that I can try and fit a third a third really expensive guy in, maybe a expensive forward in the flex spot, um, or you have your two forwards in a midfielder. But MLS has so much. Uh, so many value plays, especially now with the pricing getting worked out, that um, I think you can focus on that second. First, you lock in who you want to play, the big guys, Javinko, Dempsey, um, Kai Kamara maybe, and then I think you worry about your defense, your goalie, um, and maybe your second midfield spot. So uh, I know Skyler probably, probably thinks similarly, but I'm curious to hear how he approaches it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with J.D. I think... Um... I will usually, you know, pick out my first, my top two players that I like on the slate, and I'll usually have a few entries in. I like to multi-entry, so I'll have, you know, I'll pick out my top two players and then build around them, maybe um, focus on uh, defense that I like to get a clean sheet and throw a couple of teams in that I think have a good opportunity for a clean sheet, mix around those two higher-priced players that I'll um, pick out on the front end so yes I think we're definitely in the same train of thought there yeah and um another thing I notice I look at your lineups a lot obviously we enter a lot of the same competitions and um so it's interesting to see interesting to see you uh you kind of sometimes like to stack your players a lot more than I do I think I like to spread it out um but I notice you you definitely like to uh go with two from one team often Yes, I mean it's uh, it's either you know you're swinging big or you're going going home um, <laughs> with that strategy. But I think for me, it seems like it's paid out the first few weeks that DraftKings has had MLS yeah, on, true. on the board. So I'm going to stick with it for for now until it uh, you know until it gets me good. But right now, it's uh, it seems like you know if you can pick out one or two games that you really want to focus on. If, MLS, it seems like, you know, this weekend, for instance, Vancouver is hosting Philadelphia. That's a game that I'm definitely going to be zoning in on. I'll probably mix it up with a lot of Vancouver players. I feel like they've got the advantage there. So if I spot a game that I see one team having a big advantage over the other, I'm definitely going to be working a couple of lineups, focus just on that team, um, stacking, as you as you said. Right. I think... Go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was going to say, I'm glad you, you brought that up because we don't always necessarily get that opportunity in terms of, uh, you know, Friday and Sunday. It kind of brought me to my second question was, you know, you they play two-game slates, basically. Um, this week, Friday's uh, Orlando hosting the Revs and then Colorado hosting San Jose, which um, I can't imagine any neutral would want to watch that second game. But And then Sunday's Toronto and Houston, which I think could be great, and then as uh, I'm in the New York area, everybody's plugging this uh, Hudson River battle between the Red Bulls and New York City FC as if um, New York City FC is going to be able to, to compete. But um, how do you try to do those four-team slates that, you know, obviously you, it's almost like you have to stack because there aren't enough options to not. So how do you guys play that one? Yeah, why don't you go ahead, Skylar? Sure, it's, it's definitely trickier when you've just got four teams on the board. You've obviously only got four goalkeepers, four defenses to choose from. So, 
generally I'll pick out the top one or two um, goalkeepers that I like to pitch a clean sheet and we'll probably put in about two teams on a two-game slate. Definitely scale it back a little bit where as opposed to like a Saturday when I'm pumping in multiple entries, um, scale it back for these two-game slates and I'll usually focus in on a couple of teams that I like to get a clean sheet and like you guys said, I'll stack stack that team, especially with the the Red Bulls the, on Sunday. I'll probably be stacking them against New York City. So um, it makes it tough, but, you you know, you pick out the teams that you think have an advantage and you, you go from there. Um, obviously, it doesn't always work out like that. Last night I, I thought um, Houston had an advantage over San Jose. San Jose came out on top, um, missed out on a Giles Barnes penalty kick, which I'm still – Pull my hair out of top, but uh, yeah, man, that's kind of how I look at it on a short slate. Just try to try to play the cards right with the with the favored team. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that penalty kick uh, last week. Nagby, just uh, the one time I, I felt comfortable playing him, he missed that that penalty shot. But uh, so I follow a pretty similar approach. The two game slates are really tough. Um, and so first, you definitely do have to pick the one team you feel really confident about a clean sheet from. Um, and then obviously, you can't pick any of the forwards going against them if you're trying to to win um, one of the big tournaments. Um, so at that point, once you narrow it down to three, uh, three sides that are attacking, you really just can pick the most expensive players, maybe pick a differential midfielder, and uh, that's pretty much it. That has to be the formula. If if you try to go too different from from the smart plays, it's not going to work out. Um, I know in the Premier League, um, there's there's a much wider variety of players you can pick. In the MLS, it's a lot of no brainers. Um, the talent is just a lot more consolidated. So I don't think you can get very fancy on the two game slates, unfortunately, um, especially this early in the year. So so that's. That's pretty much my approach. I, I agree this weekend the Red Bulls are probably going to destroy New York City FC, and I'm really excited to watch that. Um, but but Toronto and Houston is another great game that day in terms of uh, fantasy potential. So Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I wanted to discuss sort of players that we target no matter what the opponent is, and I was going to lead off with Giles Barnes. I mean, when I was putting the list together yesterday, and then as a result of last night, <laughs> I thought to myself, maybe that's not the best place to, to start um, in terms of players that we that we need to have because he he's been really good, and obviously would have kept paying off had he had he hit that penalty. So it was a little disappointing that you know right on the first time we tried to do this um, MLS podcast, and Giles Barnes is already ruining things for me. <laughs> but, um, so you mentioned something about how you want to t- stay away from. Uh, the attacking players when you pick your goalkeeper, which certainly makes sense. Um, you know, you don't you're going to lose points for your goalkeeper if you uh, if, if the forward scores. But I feel like one of the interesting things that DraftKings does that's a little different from a lot from some of the other um, sites is this full point for a cross. I almost feel like it's the comparable to a fantasy football PPR league where um, it's making guys who don't normally have a lot of value significantly more valuable. Um, I, I'm obviously more uh, into EPL at this point, but I'm thinking of guys like Ashley Young, who 
you know, in a season-long game on the Premier League site doesn't really hold a lot of value, but because he's sending in 10 crosses a week, he makes some value. So I almost feel like you do get an opportunity sometimes to grab value from players that are playing against your goalie because they don't necessarily have to score to to make that. In fact, sometimes it's better that they get a few shots on goal and the goalie saving it to kind of double up. Do you guys ever not really... Um, mind that matchup at all, sometimes? I mean, usually I guess it's with defenders or the ones that, you know, we see guys like Chris Tierney who are, uh, you know, is almost a must play because he's crossing the ball so much that, um, but are there any sort of midfielders or, or forwards that you guys look at just because of their crossing capabilities? Skylar, do you want to jump in? Sure. Um, I think you look at a guy like Dylan Powers or Christian Maidana, they're going to be over their, the set pieces um, Lee Wynn, Brad Davis. I mean, those are the type of guys that, like you said, you're picking up crossing points. They don't necessarily have to score, um, earn an assist from the crosses, but they're going to end up with five or six points just from crosses. So there's definitely guys out there that you target um, just specifically due to their crosses. And it's funny because, you know, I've got friends that I know they don't really, they play fantasy football, fantasy basketball, but. I talk about fantasy soccer, and they look at me, they're like, how, how do you score points in fantasy soccer? <laughs> so now that we got DraftKings on board with the crossing points and, you know, fouls drawn, uh, I really like their their setup as far as just ways to earn points playing fantasy soccer. So, um, you know, Chris Tierney is a guy, for instance, this, even tomorrow night, I'm going to be playing the two-game slate on DraftKings. They're playing, against, they're playing at Orlando, which actually will probably have Donovan Ricketts in a lineup and Tierney will probably be in that same lineup just due to his price. I think he's probably less than 5000 It's going to free up some cap space for some of the higher priced players like Kaká. And uh, I still feel confident that Tierney is going to earn me some points just based off of his crosses. So yeah, It's nice to have kind of a fantasy floor that you know you're probably getting at least five points. And like you said, at under five grand, that's that's a pretty good output, just in terms of a minimum output. Yes, actually, he's he's uh, correct myself here. I just I've got it pulled up. He's fifty two hundred. So they're getting smart over. to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the the thing with defenders is there's really not that many defenders um, that are great options in the MLS on DraftKings. Um, you know, you can narrow down the the playable guys that you can bank on for for more than four crosses. You can narrow that down to to under ten people. So, yeah, you really can't get picky. You have to take them whether you think they're going to get a clean sheet, whether they're going against uh, the goalie you own, or um, you have a forward from a team going against that defender. Yeah, I mean, Tierney's a guy. Um, he's always going to have a chance at a clean sheet on New England. They're getting better and better every week. Um, so, so he's definitely in play, but he's also in play for goal scoring, um, assists, things like that. Um, I think someone like Stefan Ishizaki from um, Los Angeles, the midfielder, he's a guy I would never play if it was just down to goals and assists. But he, he just sits out there out wide, and he's so lazy. He doesn't really like to get back and defend that much. Um, he just kind of sits out there, and w- when Robbie Keane is in the game, Ishizaki just gets the ball and launches it into him. Um, I think the one game he racked up 14 crosses, that might have been the, the first week of DraftKings. I'm not positive. But 
but that that's my main example of a guy that you you have to get in your lineup for the crossing points uh, when he plays a poor possession team. Um, Andy wears double wristbands, so <laughs> some double points for that somehow. Well, um, he gets negative. <laughs> so uh, we've obviously mentioned DraftKings a lot, but Mondo Goal is another one that plays um, that has uh, MLS or fantasy MLS. Frankly, they have fantasy everything. It's kind of impressive how many different leagues they play. I'm I'm not sure how how big their FA Cup games are, but because I haven't jumped into those. But how do you guys uh, attack those attack Mondo Goal specifically? Because they don't do a point per cross, but they do do things like. Uh, passes completed. Um, I, I complained on Twitter a, a few months ago about how I was so against the negative points for fouls committed and uh, even yellow cards and red cards I can't stand. But, you know, I feel like it's a penalty enough that you're getting, you know, for a red card that the guy's not playing the full game. But uh, And they sort of made a reference that they're going to change up their scoring a little bit. But uh, based on what they do now, how, do you you obviously have a different strategy because of the lack of crosses, but do you go into Mondo goal saying, I need to find a, a big passing defender, or are you just playing the clean sheet? And, and how do you look at the attacking players, JD? Sure. So when it comes to defenders, um, you know, you have to play more than on DraftKings. So you always try and uh, find the clean sheet opportunity to pair a defender with your goalie. Um, I really don't think about the the crossing at all. Obviously, since there's no no point scored, the center backs are a lot more playable. Um, so so I do like to just grab the defenders that are on a team with my keeper, maybe get one guy that likes to push up into the attack. Um, but where Mondugo really changes is you don't have to worry about your midfielders crossing the ball, and that that pretty much doubles the amount of playable options, I think, for MLS especially. Um, you can play a Sasha Kleshton, a Felipe Martins from the Red Bulls. Um, even Federico Higuain is a lot more playable on there because he, he just the offense runs through him in Columbus. Um, maybe Mix Discrude's a guy that touches the ball a million times, but lately none of them have really been um, important attacking touches. He's just kind of been sitting back, um, helping out in possession. So that's where I really look at Mondo Goal, and I enjoy playing on there because it opens up a lot more, um, a lot more options in the midfield. Really, I agree. I definitely uh, don't factor in crossing at all when I'm setting a Mondo Goal team. Completely different than DraftKings, so you definitely have to switch gears. And generally, when I'm building a Mondo Goal team out of the back, I will look for the cheapest. Defender, preferably a center back, because they do seem to pick up more points um, just based on winning the balls, winning position, and winning possession, and serving balls out of the back for passes completed. So, with the pricing structure over there, then it's it's really tough to squeeze in some of the higher price guys. Unless, for me, it feels like unless I'm able to to uh, seek out those cheap defender plays. And it seems like that's where I'm able to squeeze in some of the higher price guys like Dempsey, which on Mondo Goal, he's listed as a midfielder. So if you play your cards right on Mondo Goal, it seems like you, you can have maybe five or six strikers um, basically just due to the positional setup. Uh, I know Chandler Hoffman, who's hasn't been seeing a lot of playing time for the Dynamo, but I think he's still listed as a defender over there. He's actually a, been coming on as a super sub off the bench as a striker 
and I've put him in a, a lineup here and there just for a chance that he'll come on and nick a goal at the end just because he's so cheap as a defender. So really I, I'll use that defender spot as as uh, some wiggle room to buy me some, some salary cap for the bigger, higher-priced pl- higher players. It is kind of a funny concept to be ignoring crosses since they're supposed to be such a uh, – such a source of assists like <laughs> you're sending crosses in in order to score and yet so few of them actually not even turn into goals but so few of them even turn into shots that um there are some there are a few other games i think uh, giraffe goal does it that they give points for um accurate crosses which aren't nearly as i don't want to say fun but they're not nearly <laughs> as fun as, as just crosses right and i think uh DraftKings actually gives what some people call hockey assists which are some are basically double assists. So whoever passes it to the person who is credited with the assist also gets an assist. Mondo goal, I believe, does not award that. So that's another thing you've got to factor in. Yeah, I believe MLS recognizes the double assist. I think uh, Arsene Wenger calls it a pre-assist, something that um, I feel like Mesut Ozil is perfect for if he <laughs> never actually gets the assist. But anyway, um, not to harp back on EPL, but uh, there's... So yeah, it, it's definitely a very different game, and I and even the position, like you guys had mentioned, not so much even the position eligibility, but just the fact that you have to pick eleven guys in in you know basically one of the formations that they have is puts a big wrinkle into it. I kind of really enjoy the the flex on DraftKings that you know I guess we're just used to. The, I'm just used to that in in other games, just a utility or a flex spot. Um, do you guys ever have a defender in your flex spot? No. Not not in MLS. It's hard enough sometimes to get two defenders that you like um, in those spots, let alone a third one. I just there's there's so many more cheap options that can uh, grab a goal, um, whether it's a forward, which it usually is for me, um, or a midfielder. Sometimes I just I know in EPL sometimes you want to play a defender, um, but in MLS so far I don't think I've even considered it. Yeah, I feel like there's still. I feel like DraftKings is still coming around on their MLS pricing, still kind of feeling some of their pricing structure out. So it feels like the first few weeks, you've really been able to use that flex spot to bring in another top midfielder forward. I have, however, had a couple of lineups where I've been right down to that last, you know, two or 3,000 just from trying to squeeze in high dollar midfielders and forwards in the four, spot, four spots allotted. So I have... I think Jordan Allen from Salt Lake was running as right. a striker there for a little while. So I've, I think I've had a couple of lineups where I've squeezed a defender in there as a flex just, just so that I could get the, the highest price players in my other spots. Yeah, that's a good point about pricing. I think maybe once it tightens up a little bit, we will have to consider a defender. Uh, I know I looked at Saturday's slate, and um, a lot of players are more accurately priced, so... It looks like it's going to be a lot more difficult to construct a, a great lineup. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, only a matter of time, right, before they, <laughs> before they stormed yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Looking at that Saturday slate, uh, Skyler kind of mentioned already that he is going to focus on that Vancouver-Philadelphia game. Is there, are there any others that, that you guys think will have a lot of goals in them? Right, we'll go away from the defenders, and, and which, which attacking ones do you like? I think the Portland-Montreal game is an interesting one. Um, Montreal has been 
obviously focusing on the CONCACAF Champions League. So they haven't played a lot of MLS. I mean, it's probably been maybe even three weeks since they've played a game. So really feel like they might come out strong there at home. Um, and a lot of their players are under the radar as far as probably most of the people playing MLS this weekend go. Um, you know, they've got Jack McInerney, Dominic Arduro, Nacio Piatti. Yeah. Guys like that could end up being, you know, guys you see on, on one of these winning GPP lineups. And uh, even the Port- even Portland, I could see some of their guys. I mean, Diego Valeri has just come back from injury. I think Rodney Wallace is uh, – he just came off maybe a two- or three-game layoff. But he's a good player to target, too, going back to players who crossed the ball well. I think last game, by my count, he had about eight crosses. I think he was awarded two on DraftKings. So <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about that. I think if uh, – you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw a lot of tweets about how many crosses Rodney Wallace had over the weekend that he wasn't awarded for. So just leave it at that. But <laughs> I think um, there's some good fantasy potential in that game for sure. Yeah, what's amazing about Montreal, and I feel like you may be able to take advantage of them just because if there are people who are new to to fantasy MLS, meaning new in the last few weeks, they, they may not even know Montreal exists. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going in this week. Philadelphia has played 10 games already, and Montreal has played four. And Montreal is only a single win behind. But it, it's kind of incredible how MLS just completely rearranged the schedule for this CONCACAF Champions League run that they made that, you know, it, was, it seemed a little weird to me. I mean, I understand the, the value in having an MLS team win the Champions League, but it was almost like MLS was putting the Champions League over MLS by by doing all of this. But regardless of that, I'll, I'll note that um, JD has been a Piatti fan. Also, he's been just dying to see him play. I'm pretty sure because in the uh, preseason rankings that he did, Piatti was all over it. So, is that where you're going, JD? <laughs> Yeah, I love Piotti. He's so good. He hates to pass. He'd rather just force the shots himself. Um, he's the ideal fantasy player, even on a team like Montreal, that uh, they're going to have some rough games, some really rough games. They're not a deep team. Now they're going to have to make a lot of these up, I guess, in a in a short amount of time. Um, I do love Piotti. The one thing I'll say is Montreal is playing tonight against Toronto, and I'm pretty sure they uh, they're fielding a a full lineup. I don't think they're going too too soft. Um, so I Toronto don't know. Toronto definitely is. Yeah, Toronto di- didn't even bring Javinko. Um, I think they left a couple other people at home. So I'm not sure how Montreal is going to react coming off of the Champions League, um, kind of a letdown and back into MLS. I th- I think they're a lot better than everybody thinks they are, though. They're definitely not the worst team in MLS. Um, I think there's a couple teams really vying for that spot. I don't consider Montreal to be one of them. Um, but Skyler's right. That game for both sides, the Timbers and the Impact, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to factor into DraftKings lineups. I think that's a game you have to really play your cards right. And um, DC United, Sporting Kansas City, is another one. Um, I think you have, to, you have to pick a team for a clean sheet there. That could be key. And also the the forwards, Espindola, Dom Dwyer, one of them is going to go really under-owned because we have the Sounders playing Columbus. We have 
Um, Vancouver looks like they're going to beat up on Philadelphia. So you only have room for kind of one or two attacking players from some of these other teams if you're going with the with the super hyped players. Um, and I think you have to pick your cards right. Um, also, Dallas plays Los Angeles, which that's another game with a lot of uh, fantasy options. Yeah, I was going to bring up that one because uh, looking at the schedule right away, I was immediately drawn to that Columbus-Seattle game, thinking to myself, there should be a ton of goals in this game. I mean, they're they're both able to, you know, to defend well, but with the firepower that each of them have in the attack, I mean, Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey look absolutely unstoppable now, and it could be that I'm just, uh, you know, thrown off a little bit by the New York City decimation from last weekend, but they they're on another level. Um, than certainly New York City, who I think may be vying for that worst spot in the league. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, but I, so I thought to myself, there are going to be a lot of attacking options from that game. But then, yeah, I, I went right over to, to Dallas, uh, L.A., and I thought maybe this is actually the one. I, I, it sounds like Robbie Keane really isn't all that close. He's not playing tonight. Uh, to Wednesday we're, we're taping this, so he's out um, against RSL. But, you know, I feel like he's constantly in this. He may... He may return, you know, he's questionable, and it doesn't sound like he's really all that close. So, you know, we'll see a little more um, Gaiasi Zardes. But uh, what game do you think has the highest scoring, the highest score this week, Skyler? I'm going to go with the Vancouver-Philly game. I could see that being, you know, 4-0, 3-1. I, I think there's going to be goals there. I think Vancouver is going to put it on them. So that's, that's the one I'm going to stick with. Yeah, I'm tempted to agree. I actually think that both Columbus, Seattle, and um, Dallas, L.A., I think those games are going to be a lot lower scoring than most people expect. Um, granted, I'm, I'm definitely going to have attacking players from those teams, but I don't think I'm going to be loading up on, say, two guys from Seattle, two guys from Dallas. Uh, Los Angeles has one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and Columbus and Seattle both have pretty pretty strong defenses. Um, they have good defensive midfielders. Um, so so I think I'd be leery of that game if if I was going to throw all my cards in, I'd probably go somewhere else. Even we didn't even mention Chicago and RSL, and those are two teams that really um, really aren't that great defensively so far, and they have some interesting attacking options. Harry Ship is. Uh, He's one of those players that you can count on for a lot of crosses. Um, and I know Skyler loves uh, Sabarillo from RSL, so maybe one of these days he'll reward him for the faith <laughs> Skyler has in him. I keep hanging on to Sabarillo. He's, uh, he's a goal scorer, but he just hasn't gotten it going this season. Maybe it's because Javier Morales has been out of the mix, but he's a goal scorer, and when he gets it going, he's going to get going. So I don't know yeah. if it's going to be this game, but I'm um, – on DraftKings especially, his price really low. It seems like his price is creeping up a little bit. So he's in, he's one of those players that I've been able to put into that flex spot, no problem. Right. But he has not come through for me yet. So I don't know. I'll probably stay away from him this weekend, but we'll see. My guy, my Sabarillo is uh, Arista Guieta from Philadelphia. Um, yes, I've been <laughs> I've been hanging on to him for, for multiple weeks. He looked so good a couple times early in the year. And uh, granted, he's also been caught on like a 30-yard breakaway. He, uh, he isn't the quickest, but he can, he can bury some goals. Um, and one of these games, he's going to break out, out and have a multi-goal game uh, pretty easily, I think. I feel like we can say that about 
almost the entire Portland attacking side that there, a lot of these, like, I can really see him breaking out. He should be breaking out by now, and they're just they're just not doing it. Do you think this weekend against Montreal, we kind of touched on this before, but, like, if you if you could pick one guy from Portland who's going to score, who's it going to be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for me, it's Fernando Adi if he plays. Right. He, well, that, he should that's be almost playing. Sort of, yeah, that's almost sort of the problem is that he, sh- he should be playing, but he's – whether he's in the doghouse or what, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of their problem goes back to, sorry to interrupt you there, JD. I think a lot of it goes just back to Valeri being out. He was such a key part of their offense last year. And I think this season there's without him, they're still trying to find, find their attack. And now he's come back. So I think we'll probably start to see them around the corner. As far as this weekend goes, it's, it's so tough to say. I mean, Rudy's been starting up top. And, you know, Nagby's, he's a threat, but he just hasn't done anything at this point. I really like Wallace. He's, he's a guy that I've always liked from a fantasy perspective. He plays on the wings, so, you know, he'll, he'll get his crosses in, but he's also known for cutting into the box and getting off some shots. So I could see him getting on the score sheet. Yeah, Portland's really frustrating. They have, they have so much attacking potential, but I can't think of a time they've ever really lived up to it. I love Valeri. He's one of my favorite players, so... I'm excited to see him back in the league. Yeah, it's. I feel like we had sort of the opposite problem with Dallas, at least early on this season, that it, you couldn't necessarily know who was going to score because they were all kind of scoring. And then uh-huh. uh, Blas Perez kind of lost his mind a few weeks ago getting that red card. <laughs> but that's another one where I feel like you don't necessarily see that as much in um, in the Premier League where there are legitimately three or four guys you could choose that that could score at least from Dallas or even, you know, um, Seattle. I thought was you know early in the season it was obviously Dempsey and Martins, but Lamar Nagel's obviously been playing a lot better than I think a lot of people expected, or at least he's you know putting up. And he had that one game where he put up a huge DraftKings uh, line. I think he was in that's the thirties, right? So that's the first weekend, yeah. And exactly, and so he was obviously heavily owned the following week, and right, you always know what happens there. But um, so speaking of guys like him, um, who were some of the guys that you guys like that aren't necessarily the top two of thinking like, um, you know, if you're in uh, Columbus, you know, and you, you, you don't necessarily want to go with Camara or um, Higuain because they could be expensive. Like, do you guys think that Ethan Finley's like a decent play or do you pretty much just stick with the top two? Hey, Skyler. Sure. I think Finley is a good play. My problem there is that he's a true midfielder, which I do think, DraftKings has a little bit of work to do as far as their player positioning goes. I think Ethan, Ethan Finley and Justin Merrim are both midfielders, and they're both listed as forwards on DraftKings. So it's really tough for me to plug one of those guys in at that forward spot knowing that they're a true midfielder. Um, as far as you know, any other players from that game, I really like Marco Papa from Seattle. He's another player that earns a lot of points just from crossing his crossing ability. So he's a player, when you look at Seattle, you say Clint Dempsey, Obafemi Martins, Lamar Nagel, and then Marco Papa is kind of third or fourth in the mix when you're thinking about a player from Seattle. So he's a guy that I'll, I will probably definitely consider this weekend. Yeah, Pop, Papa's a guy, I think he's getting really popular on DraftKings because people see he's getting points in a ton of different ways. So um, maybe it's like the hipster in me or something, but I really 
tend to fade Papa. This last week I didn't because he was playing NYCFC, but um, Columbus, you're spot on. I I don't like to play Finley. I don't like to play Miram. Miram's one of my favorite players uh, in terms of improvement from last year to this year. He looks so much better, but it's it's just really hard to play them because not only are they listed as a forward, they're also fairly expensive compared to some of the forwards that we like, like Sabarillo and Aristeguieta. Um, let's see, some maybe Chicago Fire uh, David Akam is kind of taking a backseat in terms of attention. Um, Sean Maloney and Harry Ship are kind of guys people look at. Akam is going to get way more fantasy points than them, I think. He just is going to tear people apart on the wing. He's so fast. Um, He's suspended this weekend, isn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, he is suspended. I'm glad I didn't pick him up. I was going to get him in <laughs> FMLS, but I didn't. Yeah, I had him over the weekend, and he definitely did not help me out any with that red card. So, <laughs> but he's yeah. yeah, he's definitely a good player to pick up as far as shots, crosses, fouls drawn. He's he's cheap too. So, yeah. How about um, how about New England? That's not Saturday, but they have a lot of guys. After lean win, you have to or win, you have to kind of pick some of the. It's like um, just drawing cards at random. Who to pick from them? Yeah, it almost I- seems like they. Well, is it just me, or does it seem like Charlie Davies and Juan Agudelo score in the same games? <laughs> like, it, it, I uh, what was it two weeks ago where they both scored? And I think Agudelo actually had two of them. And it was one of those I was going back and forth, and I was like, you know what? I, if I choose one, the other one's going to score. So I stayed away, and that obviously ended up burning because they both <laughs> they both ended up playing pretty well. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting setup in, in New England. And it sounds like Lee Wynn is, is pretty upset about his contract, which... I feel like you don't you don't hear a lot about in in MLS at least maybe because we just don't aren't listening enough. But uh, well, it's it's also because the MLS lets the players decide where they go pretty much, so they're kind of happy from the start because they get to pick their team. Yeah, yeah. But, New England's another one that's tough too because they've got you're looking. I'm looking at the Fords right here, and they've got Teal Bunbury lined up as a forward. He's playing as a midfielder. Um, and even Juan Aguidello, I mean, he's a true forward, but he's playing in more of a midfield role this year for New England. So it's right, you know, as far as New England goes, the only forward I really target for them is Charlie Davies, maybe Aguidello in a um, flex spot here and there. Um, as far as midfielders, and J.D.'s right, wins really one of the only guys you can look to to rely on. Kellen Rowe had a couple of big games earlier in the season, but he's been coming off the bench lately. And uh, Diego Fagundes is a guy that could have a role at some point in the season. He's been known to pop up with a goal here and there. And once he gets going, he's he's uh, racking up some goals and assists. So I'll keep an eye on him. But lately, yeah, Wynn's really one of the only reliable options out of New England. Charlie Davies is hot right now, but it's hard to uh, to say that he'll keep that going. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because I think Davies is is more um, less owned rather than Agudelo on uh, DraftKings, but Davies I think is the much better bet for a goal. Why do you say yeah. that? Just because he's uh, further up. Yeah, he plays up top. I think him and uh, Lean Wayne have a better chemistry. Um, Agudelo just plays out wide, and he he's very inconsistent, um, kind of like Blas Perez, like we mentioned earlier. Um, so I mean, Davies just is better at finishing too. In my opinion, I was at the because um, <clears throat> I'm in the New York City area. I'm actually born and raised in New York City, so I went to the New York City FC uh, home opener at Yankee Stadium against New England, 
And Agadello looked terrible. And it was to the point where we were just wondering whether, you know, the move back to MLS was, was a mistake. Not that, you know, you play poorly here and you can go play elsewhere in a better league, but he looked completely lost. And then he, it seemed like when Davies essentially took his spot, he uh-huh. perked up and realized, wait, I got to work for this. And so I think, I, I agree, the, the issue is that um, he doesn't cross much. And when you play on the wing and you don't cross much, you're not going to produce a whole lot particularly right. in, in either Mondogol or, or DraftKings. Uh, that's like Nagel. Nagel looked so bad early in the year, and his first good game was that first week on DraftKings where he got 31 points. Yep. yep. So I'm looking at the Sunday slate, and we're saying there's an obvious, you know, you're going to stack as much Red Bull as you can in that match because New York City FC look lost. David Villa finally came back from his hamstring injury, but only as a sub. I, I assume he starts on Sunday just because, um, you know, he's he's finally back. I, I, this team needs Frank Lampard. It sounds very strange, but, like, he <laughs> he's exactly what they need. I mean, they need a whole – they need a lot, but somebody in the mid in the midfield that can kind of move the ball from from the, d- the defenders to the forwards. You know, I think they they tried to put um, mixed discarude in that role and – you know, it, it it worked in week one and week two when they, or and week three when they went uh, you know undefeated in those only one win. But the they just need some sort of veteran presence. I I, I catch you know pretty much all of their games and right. Um, it's weird to say you know a thirty seven year old midfielder is what they need, but um, particularly one that hasn't been playing that well for Manchester City of late. But I think they're going to be a very different team when he comes. But He's still not coming for a while, so you're obviously going to essentially play anybody you can against them. Do you guys have any... Is there a matchup where you would be comfortable playing David Villa or basically anybody else from New York City FC until they turn it around? Uh, I'll take it. Um, I think... I think I'm not sure if we talked about it yet, but there's certain forwards that I, I don't care what defense they play. Um, they're always an option for me. David Villa is one of them when he's healthy. Um, the Red Bulls defense, I mean, they play well as a team and they play well in possession, but I don't consider their their defense to be particularly strong. Um, so David Villa is definitely in play, and on a, on a four-team slate, uh, I think he's actually going to be a good differential. Um, I think most of the other options on NYCFC are so bad. Uh, Mehdi Belushi might be their their top goal scorer right now, I'm not sure. And he's just, he's never been that great. Um, Velazquez, or Velazquez, uh, is on the bench drinking a Red Bull. Um, and he's just hasn't been impressive at all. Um, maybe Shelton and Mullins, I, I kind of like them at times, but you're never going to get 90 minutes out of them, and they're just kind of a roll of the dice. Yeah, and speaking yeah. with a few of my friend, New York City FC friends that, um, I, the, the future seems very bright for Shelton, but it's it's definitely not right now. And kind of to that to the point of the attackers that you would play all the time, I feel like there are th- there could be one in each one of these games. I, mean, I think Giovinco is obviously somebody that we all want in every lineup. And yep. I previously would have said Giles Barnes until he ruined everything last night. <laughs> um, but what about Bradley Wright Phillips? Do you guys are you are you believers that he's that he's shown enough this season without Thierry Henry that he can be that guy? 
I think so. He's getting off shots. He's going to be he's racking up points either either if it's goals or shot shots on targets. He's a true DraftKings forward. You're going to have to pay up for him, but he's going to be he's a guaranteed five. I would say is his floor, and I'd say you know ten is pretty realistic to expect out of him um, from game to game. So he's one of those guys that based on the matchup, especially this weekend, he's definitely somebody to consider and I'll have a lot of exposure to him this weekend yeah I think uh, Bradley Wright Phillips it's amazing he's going under the radar so much this season um, I guess because uh, Thierry Henry's gone and they think it's a he was a product of Thierry Henry but uh, his game is really well-rounded um, and I think he can dominate pretty much any game in MLS um, so he's he's probably at the top of my list maybe even over Javinko this weekend, and I don't think I've had Javinko out of too many of my lineups yet this season. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll have the the rankings will be up before this podcast posts, but we, the you guys and uh, Steve Eschelbacher, who does the MLS rankings with you, all have Bradley Wright Phillips as the top forward on Sunday, and um, I don't know if that says more about Wright Phillips or New York City FC, but. <laughs> You obviously all really like him, uh, Skyler. Are there? You know, we, we obviously Giovinco is is a a play whenever we can. Who are some of the other guys that you pretty much always try to target? Uh, I'm still a fan of Kaká. I feel like he's going to be. He's for fantasy purposes. Then he has not produced what we wanted to see so far. But I still feel like he's that guy that. Orlando is going to have to lean on, especially now that Molina is out for the season. He's a guy that I'm always going to have in my lineup because I feel like, especially right now, if so many people are down on him. Then anytime he's playing, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna have have him in at least one lineup just in case he does go off because he's got the potential. So Kaká's there. I think Clint Dempsey is a guy that you're always looking at to put in your lineup no matter what. Um, whenever Robbie Keane is healthy, he's a guy that you're going to have to target because he's just he's a goal machine. So those are probably a handful of guys. Um, Javier Morales as well. He's injured yep. right now, but he's a guy that is he gets points from you know all across the board. So he's a guy that when he's healthy, which he made his comeback last weekend and then ended up with a concussion. So yeah, I think he's hard. been he's been ruled out for. This weekend, and I think they are pretty sure he's not going to come back next weekend either, which is um, yeah, it's too bad to see. Because yeah, he's we all want him. To, we all want him in our fantasy lineups, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then once Diego Valeri gets going too, then he's going to be a guy that once he's getting his ninety minutes, he will be in the majority of my fantasy lineups, no, no matter what. Yeah, I think Javier Morales, he's another guy uh, with Obafemi Martins. I don't know if we mentioned him, uh, but those are two of my favorite players in the league. They're they're always going to be in consideration. And apart from some of the guys you mentioned, which I agreed with every single one, by the way, I would add um, Fabian Castillo is a guy I think you really have to consider. It's, it's a shame he's not listed as a midfielder because then he would be a virtual lock. I think he might um, be in Mondo goal. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not positive. I think he might be a forward. Who is he? I, I'm Maybe not sure. Which one of the other guys then? Um, it's another thing. Too many of those FC Dallas guys I like. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, Mauro Diaz yeah. is a guy. What's that? I was just saying he's another one that should be listed as a midfielder because he does play as a midfielder. But right, you know, we could go we could go on and on about who who should be listed where. Why isn't this guy listed as a midfielder? He's but right. How about Kai Kamara? Good... Is he is he in that automatic play or is he right below that for you, Skyler? He's a tough one. He's he's very close to automatic just due to the the fact that he's targeted all game long. He's Columbus's go-to guy up top and he's firing off shots all game it seems either right either players swinging in crosses to him from his head getting a shot off or just you know he looks for the shot first and with DraftKings awarding shots for or points for shots then it, it seems like his floor is is very high so, or very low so I think his uh on Mondo goal too he's a player that he's awarded shots on target which you don't get points just for shots. So Armando Golden, he gets three or four shots, and he's he's already paying off his salary. Right. I shots think, on target. I mean, yeah. I think the distinction with Kamara is, um, first of all, he's real. He shoots a ton. Um, he's very fast, but he's also really good in the air. That's probably why he gets a lot of shots on target because those crosses that come in, he wins a lot of headers. And even if they're weak shots on goal, uh, they still get on goal. And uh, another thing about him is he creates chances for himself. His work rate is so high. Um, so Kamara pretty much does it all, and I think he's definitely in that um, kind of must-play territory for me. Obviously, we can't fit all of these guys into our lineups, but but they're all really close. Well, yeah, we kind of get to that point where, and we see a lot of them even on Saturday, that, like we said, there, if you have multiple guys that you have to play, then obviously you either can't get them or you get plenty of multi-entries that you can <laughs> so you can get a, a little piece of each one of them uh one guy that i've been somewhat frustrated with is um Higuain, speaking of of uh, columbus i just feel like I've, i feel like we should be getting more out of him and um he's he's starting to look like a guy and he, i don't think he he is but he's starting to look like one of those guys who's much more important in real life than he is in fantasy. Um, JD, I knew you were a big fan. Do you want to make a case for him, or are you out? Um, on DraftKings, I think I'm out. Um, on Mondo Goal, I mentioned him earlier, he's one of those players that you definitely consider a lot more on Mondo Goal than you would on DraftKings. Um, he kind of he just roams all over the field, and the players really defer to him. When he wants the ball, they pass him the ball. He gets a lot of touches, but because Finley and Miram are getting so high up the field on the wings, Iguain isn't isn't really getting as close to goal as we would like. Now that said, he did have that pretty uh, sweet goal with the back heel mm-hmm. the other week, and he's still really dangerous on set pieces. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been frustrating for me this season. I've he's been a player. I've been playing the MLS fantasy game on their on MLSsoccer.com for years now, and he was. When he first came into the league, he was a fantasy monster. He was just racking up points left and right. And now that I'm having having to, you know, pick him up in, in daily fantasy, then I'm just seeing that he's not he he's been a little inconsistent as far as daily fantasy goes. So he's the type of player that could go off and have a monster game and you know be the be the difference maker in one of the GPP lineups because he does he does take set pieces. He takes penalty kicks, so 
he has a two goal, one assist, two goal, two assist game, then it's, he's going to be the difference. So he's a player that I'm still going to be giving consideration to. Not necessarily a player that I'm, he's a must play every time he's on the field, so to speak. He's not terribly cheap either. So you are pretty much giving up one of these must plays to, to have him on your roster. Yeah, the the place where I really would consider him is if it's one of these short slates with like two or three games. Um, it maybe instead of paying up for Kamara, you go with a little bit of a differential pick. You take the, I think it's probably like twenty five hundred dollar discount now on Kamara. You get Iguain. Um I think that would be a good GPP play. So you'd rather that instead of Miram? I I or think Finley? I'd still. Yeah, I'd still rather have Iguain just because of the set piece potential. And um, I mean, maybe because it's harder to pick between Miram and Finley. I don't really distinguish them as as different assets in fantasy. That's fair. They, kind of, they play yeah. the same role, but on different sides of the field. Yeah, you're right. They're both both wingers. And I, I would play them maybe in a stack with Iguain and Kamara. Maybe put them put them in the flex spot. Just to uh, to see what happens if Columbus goes off. I think they actually did that first weekend. I think they had a very good outing. I think I had a few lineups with Kamara and Iguain. I don't think I went Finley, which I remember looking at the leaderboard and seeing somebody did roll the dice on him. I think he had Finley, Iguain, and Kamara. So that paid off. Wow. So you can see where that would would pay its dividends. But I'd still like to see Finley and Miram in a midfield role, and if that's ever the case and Columbus has has the right matchup, that could be dangerous. So I'm yep. going to ask one last question here, um, and I'd like to stick with these top guys, but specifically sort of the opposite question are, who are some of the top guys that you guys um, try to stay away from? J.D., I feel like one of them for you is a guy you wrote about in the MLS barometer a few weeks ago, which is um, Chris Wondolowski, and... He obviously had his role changed a little bit, but he's still fairly expensive in in any game that you find. Are you do you still believe that he's not worth touching? Um, it it would take a really good matchup for me to consider him on DraftKings at the price he's at. Um, but I mean, Wando can score at any time. I I I really like him uh, as a as a player in real life. But in fantasy, you have to be kind of realistic. He's drifting back into the midfield more and more. Um, I think now uh, Innocent Amagara is um, – he didn't play last night, so Wando played up top. But, um, yeah, Wondolowski would definitely be a guy that, that I would stay away from. There's just so many better options. And you can pick up Perez Garcia in the midfield um, and kind of maybe get some of Wando's value from all of his points. Scott, yep. you have any top guys you try to avoid? I think for me, I've been avoiding Darlington Nagby a lot. I think he's a guy that a lot of people look at and see him as a top player. For me, he's just not doing it. He He's off to a slow start. I mean, I don't know, again, if it's because Valeria's not out there with him, but he is picking up maybe five or six points a game, it seems like, and I just I'll scroll right past him usually. Yep. So for me, that's that's the guy that I'd look at. And same with, uh, I believe, Mixed Discrude. Got a lot of hype early on in the season. He did score the Ooh, first that's goal a good one. for New York City. He bagged the first goal in history, so everybody's looking at him as the guy. And he's just been a big letdown since then. So he's another one that I'd 
really don't give much thought to. Um, to How think. about Blas Perez? Yeah, Perez is tricky, man, because he's he's right kind of there in that same same mix with Saborio for me. Um, just a true goal scorer. You never know when he's going to put up a goose egg or put up a hat trick. So he's got to be a guy, especially if you're multi-entering, that you're considering. I mean, he's a guy that I don't don't just pass on. He's a guy I'll at least look at and try to fit him in based on the matchup. Right. I think the thing with, with guys like um, everyone we just talked about, um, you're not going to get crossing points. You're not going to get a lot of drawn fouls with these kind of big scoring forwards. So you're, you're relying on a goal, and you can really rely on a goal from, from other more active players like Javinko, Fabian Castillo, Giles Barnes. Um, they're just a much better bet to, to not only get a goal, but also to get um, all these peripheral points too. Yeah, I'd like to um, throw Josie Altidore in this list as well because right. four goals looks very good, but then when you realize they've only come in two games... That he's the the classic one I think of, and um, Mike Gottlieb make, made fun of me a little bit on our other podcast about um, one time I had said that Marouane Fellaini is a very goal dependent player, and he's like, well, every, everybody's goal dependent, you know, and it's um, you know you need peripheral stats if you're not going to score a goal, and you're not getting that at a Josie Altidore usually. Um, the two games that he's had that those two goals, he looked amazing, and then. You know, he plays last week against Philadelphia and takes one shot. And so it's, I, I try to, despite the significant upside, I usually basically just pass over him because I've already fit Giovinco in. And I think if Altidore is going to be involved in a goal, Giovinco is going to have something to, to do with it as well. So I think he needs right. to be included in this list. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was scared to mention him uh, for fear of being kicked off your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan, but. You know, there's you gotta you gotta think, produce in order to do it. I think early on and Mondego, he's almost a must play though, right? At like four million. <laughs> yeah, he was he was definitely around the the minimum. So is he is he higher now? I think he's creeping up, but yeah, yeah but still not anywhere close. Yeah, I think around yeah. seven million last time I I checked. Oh wow! Well, I didn't play this past weekend. I I got stuck. Filling out lineups on DraftKings, scrambling around, and I forgot to get over to Mondo Goal. The the difficulty I think with Mondo Goal, and I I believe it's an issue they're working on, is the the lineup lock works for the Premier League if you play at least in their the single day contest because all but one of the games is going on at the same time. But the staggered start times that MLS has is certainly nice for for viewing, but it's a killer. With, yeah, that with that's seven, really true. It, it's the uh, the premier, official Premier League game and ESPN Premier League. They they do the lock. They do basically do their full week lock at, at the first start of the first game. That's always been such a pet peeve of mine, which is why I like DraftKings so much because you can make those changes. Whereas, you know, in the Premier League, you can do all your changes at once, but it's it's very tough playing a full day like this Saturday. You've got starts from three o'clock Eastern to eight thirty Eastern, so you basically really have to be on top of everything throughout the day just to make sure your guys are playing. Um, so I'll gladly plug our new uh, MLS lineups page on RotoWire that will we update throughout the weekend just when the lineups come out because you know you're you're just not going to win if you have a guy that doesn't play. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think on Mondo especially you've got to you've got to focus on some of the early slates. If there's a couple of games that lineups have already come out for, 
especially defenders. I mean, if you know that the, those defenders are playing, then maybe go ahead and stick a couple of them in. You know you're going to get your points there, and then maybe stick in some guys that are pretty much locks to play across the board um, later in the day. But, yeah, for me, Mondo Golden, uh, they know that they've got some things to work on. I've heard, heard from them and from the, the creators that they're work, focusing on working on that and making it better. So I have no doubt that they will, and I've enjoyed playing over there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to some of the things that they get in place on down the road. Yeah, my guess is they do it all this summer in preparation for the, the start of the European leagues in August so that hopefully that transfers over to the MLS stuff. But, yeah, it's it's nice to have more options. I, I've... Um, essentially have given up on season long games to be honest i just <laughs> the the immediate satisfaction of either winning or not satisfaction of losing but at least knowing right away how you're doing week to week has been a boon and it's it's great that mondegal and DraftKings have jumped into mls because you know the the more the merrier when it comes to these fantasy games for me for sure all right thanks a lot guys i appreciate this it's and, been uh, fun guys good luck this weekend and that concludes this week's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast MLS Edition. Catch us next week for more fun. Quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.